Ladies and, well, ladies. We're talking business. Ladies' business. No, not that ladies' business. Ladies in business. Especially tradie business. Whether you're a CEO, self-employed, working for someone or supporting someone else in theirs, this is a podcast about ladies in tradie businesses. Join your host, Nick Cox, one half of Tradies in Business and the Tradiepreneur Program, as she interviews inspirational, everyday, motivational and extraordinary women from all industries and walks of life about what it takes to be a truly successful modern lady in business. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome to the Ladies in Business podcast. I am here today with one of our amazing tradie wives. I think I introduced you to the concept of speaking with some of our amazing members right back in our first very mini, tiny, minuscule episode that I did, introducing the concept of the podcast to you all. And we have the first of those today. Um, I'm very kindly joined by Ash Wheeler from Bowen Co Construction, but that's not the only place that Ash shows up. Ash actually has her very own business as well as helping out and managing Bowen Co Construction. She also has another business called North East Ear Care. Oh, wow. I nailed that. I really thought I'd stuff it up. Welcome, Ash. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Hello, everyone. And thanks, Nick, for having me. You are most welcome. Thank you for making the time. It's pretty awesome to think that you can make some time when you're running two businesses and you have two children and you have a busy life independent of all of that as well. Ash, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, I am an audiologist um, and I guess I would say I was an audiologist before I was a lady in construction or a lady tradie. Uh, I we moved to the country uh, from Melbourne about eight years ago um, for a job that I got fresh out of uni as an audiologist and we promised to stay in country Victoria for two years and that was, yeah, eight years ago. We never left. Um, and I I worked for Boss um, for the, you know, seven or eight years and then I got courageous and opened my own business where I've really cornered a niche, um, an area that's not very well serviced in regional Victoria and um, that's that's where I where I am with Northeast Ear Care, but probably more relevant today is about Bowen Co Construction, which is my husband and my business, uh, and that's taken a little while to get used to that idea. It had always just been um, Bo's business, and I first started out helping just you know helping out with the books. You know, I know there's many women out there that would say that they just help out here and there. Uh, and that's kind of evolved over time as the business has grown, uh, as we've, you know, got some pretty lofty goals in our sites and that's meant that I've needed to be a little bit more hands-on. Uh, and so now I probably call myself Bowen Co-Construction Business Manager, uh, not just, not just you know, dabbling in a bit of bookkeeping. So between all of those things, plus having two little kids, um, it's, yeah, life's busy, but it's good. Life's busy is an understatement. I really want to touch on something straight up there because I, I actually mentioned it myself in the intro episode. I fell into uh, what I then called my husband's business the same way by doing the bookwork and I didn't even do the bookwork. I just did data entry. I didn't do the reconciliation or the POIG or the BAS or any of that stuff. I hated it. I still hate it now. I still don't even do it for tradies and business. Um I think it's a typical journey for us as tradie wives. You know, our mm. husbands or our partners often find themselves at a crossroads where they either go off and continue to subcontract to somebody 
or continue to work on wages or they look at the possibility of starting their own business, um, start their own business, then they're drowning before they know it because there's just so much more involved than any of us have ever thought of. And us as the helpers, as we so often are as the trading partners, put our hands up and say, well, why don't I give you a bit of a hand and we'll start with the bookwork and see how we go from there. Ash, did you have any experience with the bookwork um, prior to helping Bo out in the beginning when that's what you were doing? No. Um, so my training was from, funnily enough, Bo's mum. So way back, yeah, 10 years ago, um, Bo's mum was doing his books, um, paper and pen in like an exercise book, wow. writing out the ledger and um, tallying up all the receipts and and I kind of inherited that when we moved in together and I said, you know, I'm happy to do that for you. At that point he was just subcontracting just himself and that evolved into um, wanting to find a better way because, you know, as we now know, there's plenty of software programs and things and it was taking up too much time. Uh, and my mum was working in uh, at an accountant doing um, bookkeeping and she introduced me to one of the software packages so I started using it and then I would just ring her all the time be like mom how do I do this <laughs> uh, you know googling how do I how do I lodge a bass and um you know checking in with the accountant and then you know just with time and experience I've sort of taught myself with the help of people around me like my mom who works in the industry and yeah I guess it's just sort of evolved um to be you know, you take on a little bit more, you know, oh, yeah, I've got my hang of that now, I'll have a go at this or, um, you know, we're, the business is evolving, someone's going to have to learn how to do wages for an employee. So, you know, that was then a part of what I was doing too and, and what started out to be kind of a couple of hours once a month to lodge a bass or reconcile bank accounts has turned into, uh, yeah, quite a few hours a week now. <laughs> Uh, like a full-time position there plus your full-time position in your own business plus being yeah. a mum. Yeah, yeah. Work. So, Ash, back then in the beginning when you started with the, the, the typical book work, and I think so many of us do as we mentioned, what sort of ideas did you have around then taking on other jobs to help with the business? Because at that point in time it was still very much about helping with Bo's business rather mm. than stepping up to the plate and taking ownership of that company yourself so what what were some of those first other tasks that you took on other than the bookkeeping um so i guess very initially when bo decided he wanted to take on an apprentice sort of finding out well okay how do we employ someone Mm. you know what 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 information do we need to be doing everything legally and in a fair work way so researching what do you pay someone how do you pay someone what paperwork do we need um how do you generate a group certificate Uh, and looking back at the time I was so daunted by the prospect of being responsible for somebody's wages and now I just think oh that is such a a small (laughs) a small thing in in the scheme of things but it's all relative at that time that was a huge step for us to be employing someone Um, now we have five employees uh, and you know, all of the complex things that come with that. But, yeah, initially it was the staffing and then it was, you know, letting go of the accountant doing the BAS, doing it myself because it's, you know, once you know how, it's not too hard. Um, What else do I do? You do lots more now. 
Yeah, I do now. I'm just trying to think back then. It just and I guess back then I didn't I was not invested in it. It was just like, oh yeah, Bo needs me to do this. And yeah. I'll just sit down on a Sunday night and do it. It wasn't, I wasn't really thinking, how can we grow this business or what are the what's our five-year plan? Or it was just, you know, Bo's just plodding along as a subcontractor. Um, and you know, when the work was there, it was great. And when it wasn't there, it was a bit of a bit annoying, but we weren't really actively doing the things we're doing now to create a successful business. So what triggered the change? Because obviously, you know, we've been working together for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always seen a very motivated couple who are keen on creating not only a good business, but a legacy for their family as well. So that's the way we've always known you. Yet where you're starting from here isn't that same space. It is very much like you're saying, I'll help with the business. What triggered the change in the thinking pattern there for you guys? I think probably um, two or three years ago we went through a really hard time um, and that was probably the catalyst for seeking the help of business coach or mentor and really triggered me into stepping up to the plate and having a bit more of an input not that Bo never wanted me to it was just I didn't really see myself as a part of his business and that was you know us women tend to you know talk ourselves down a bit maybe sometimes or not value our contribution and it was yeah a really rough patch we went through we nearly lost everything um and we were heading into Christmas we were six or eight weeks out from Christmas with not a single job on the radar Wow. With four staff to employ, they still need their wages. It's not their fault we didn't have any work. Uh, And when I look back at that time, we, I guess, was sort of in the headspace of, well, you just just work harder. Mm. You know, Bo had always been taught, well, you work hard and the rest will come. You work hard, you'll make money. And he was working hard, um, but there was not necessarily money growing in the bank account. And when I look back at that time, we owed money to the ATO, um, we owed money to the bank, we owed money to family, uh, we'd poured our entire personal savings into the business just to keep it afloat to get us through that Christmas period of having, you know, three or four employees to pay. Mm. Um, and I, we got to the end of that period and Bo's thinking, well, why don't I just go and get a job at Bunnings because this is just crap. Mm. You know, I'm taking on all the risk of a business, taking on the risk of staff, for what? Mm. You know, we're, we're about to lose it all. Um, you know, we've got little baby, you know, he's not had a break all year, he's just been working hard. You just feel like a hamster on a, on a, on a wheel. Um, and we started talking about the whole concept of, well, if you continue to do the same thing over and over again, and expect a different result, to me, that's the definition of insanity, isn't it? (laughs) I think so. And yet so many of us do it. I think it's a really common part of the journey. Mm -hmm. I've been there. I've I've been in situations where we haven't been able to pay wages and we're drawing down on the mortgage to try and find Mm -hmm. enough money to pay wages. Or when, you know, I referenced and and speak quite freely about my husband having several breakdowns through the stress of running his building company and having to step up and try and figure out what to do from there. Um, It's absolutely the most stressful thing I've ever been through. It's Mm -hmm. made me physically ill. It clearly made him physically ill. He was in bed for weeks on end. 
Um, mm. Team members even went down in the same sort of way because we hadn't built the structure to support them through the stress that was obviously passed on from my husband through to the rest of the, the company. Um, we find ourselves invariably in those positions. And when you look back, you realize, okay, I can see the patterns. I know now that I know what I didn't know then, mm. I can see how I continue to contribute to those mistakes being made time and time again. And I, I feel now at times that I absolutely felt insane when I was trying to figure out where we were going wrong, what was happening, how to help him in that particular instance and what to do myself with um, leading us out of that difficult time. It's really, really challenging. And yet I don't know that I would have thought about looking for a mentor or a coach at that time um, for me, for a couple of reasons, it's there's that fear or that shame that comes when you don't feel like you're meeting those success parameters that you've put in place for yourself. So that mm -hmm. for me always got in the way. But then also his fear and shame because nobody talks about the tough times and yet we all go through them in business. Mm -hmm. And particularly traders, I think they're really, really bad at it if that's if I'm allowed to be judgy in that sense, um, they very much are looking from the outside into other businesses and they all look successful. I think you and I had a conversation recently about having a nice car and everyone in town thinks that means that you're doing well in business, but it doesn't mean anything. The bank still owns yeah. that car or yeah. having the perception of a nice house. Well, I still have a huge mortgage that I need to pay off at some point in time yeah. so that I actually own that house there's a perception and I think other businesses look like that from our tradies point of view so they're looking at the other builder down the road and feeling like well he's Mr super successful why aren't I in that position but we're not sharing the truth of where our business journey is yeah and I think traditionally I think women are much better at that and in business I don't believe that to be true I think there's so much shame around or there's the perception of shame. I don't actually think the shame is there because in my experience, every time I've shared some of the tough stuff I've been through, I've had nothing but overwhelming support and love thrown at me to help me through those times. And yet at the time when we were in the thick of it, I, like everybody else, put my head in the sand or I ran away or I didn't share mm -hmm. um, for a couple of reasons. I didn't know what I didn't know and I didn't know where to get support. So I'm really intrigued to understand how you knew that finding a mentor or a coach might be the right way for you guys to go in terms of direction for finding that change? Well, for us, looking back, I wish it didn't end up the way that it did. And I really hope that whoever might be listening, listening might not make the same mistake that we did. And that was hit rock bottom and then do something. Yeah. Um, because we were really, it was kind of like, well, we do, we get a coach or we get a mentor or we get, try and get some help or that's like, we didn't, I didn't have another option. I didn't know what else to do. Um, it was, everything was going down the gurgler and it was, you know, to sell it to Bo, it was kind of like, well, either way we might lose everything. Mm. Mm. We either lose everything by doing nothing or doing the same thing that we're doing now. Or we lose everything by paying someone to try and help us. Yep. But at least we know we tried. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And I don't know that many people look at it that way. And I get it because I'm not sure that I would have either. Mm. I think another um, big barrier for many is the financial obligation, obviously, that goes with finding help. Often that becomes too hard. So how did you balance up the risk of actually spending the money to 
find something that would work for you guys or not doing anything like you're saying was that a really hard decision to make when it came to the financial implications yeah it was something that we really had to consider and something that we were both apprehensive about um, because we'd never really paid anyone for business advice before you know you pay your accountant and you or your bookkeeper or you know these other professionals your finance brokers and you know all this kind of thing you pay all of them but I think in in business it's not having a business coach or a mentor is not something people talk about so it's not necessarily something that you think oh that's a must-have like you wouldn't start a business without an accountant yes so and you know so people wouldn't people would people don't think you're crazy if you have an accountant because of course that's necessary for business and so we started thinking about and one way that I talked to Bo about it was that he's a carpenter he's a great carpenter he is amazing like he amazes me with what he can do like I don't I don't I have no idea how he does half the stuff he does and I have you know massive amount of respect for what he does but when you're at trade school or when you're doing an apprenticeship or even when you're a qualified carpenter, nobody's telling you how to build a business or run a business or what do smart business people do. Mm. And it was only because we made mistakes that we thought, oh, well, yeah, that's what you don't do. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we've ticked that box. We know what we don't do. Um, okay, what should we do? And I feel like this path has been tread by so many before us that it seems silly not to just go ahead and ask the people that know and yeah that's going to cost money but just like you know Bo's clients pay him he's the expert in being a carpenter so yeah of course he's going to ask them to pay for that advice or pay for that job so when we're thinking about getting advice from a different kind of an expert well you have to expect to pay for it and we kind of rationalised it down to like, you know, what's, what's it going to cost per week? Um, you know, maybe we'll give up this or that or maybe we'll, um, you know, just try and make it work for a few months and if we're not seeing benefits or we're not learning anything, then we would reassess. But at that point we really had nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, we'd come so close to losing it all and the amount of stress um, that it was putting on Bo uh and me um it was really worrying so it was kind of like a large last ditch attempt to save our business and I'm really glad that we did make that decision but I really hope that others don't get to that point before they realize that maybe we don't know we don't all know how to run businesses and there's so much to learn I think we lose sight really quickly of the fact we spend four years typically learning our trade and we spend no time learning our business. And if we were to put in even half of those four years, two years into learning our business, alongside performing our trade, it can make a huge difference to the stress levels and the overwhelm that so many of us face. And I too, like you, wish it was something that was taught and we're doing as much as we can to try and support some of those changes um, right down to you know um, parts of our business 
some of our business team actually sit on government boards to try and change the training packages around, in particular in this case, Certificate 4 in Building and Construction um, Australia-wide to try and impact some change so that we are collectively given more information right at the very beginning. So it's not when you get to your position like you were talking about or finding myself in a very similar position that we actually then look at what change is available or, or what assistance is there to help us. Um, Ash, when you knew that it was time for a coach or a mentor, was Bo on board with that idea or was that something that you really needed to um, take some time to work through with him as well so that he was open to being vulnerable? Yeah, we did have to talk about it a bit. I think um, he, he and he's not alone in this, it's difficult to be vulnerable. Absolutely. Um, especially when it's about your like it's your, your brainchild, your business, your, it's what you've built. Like you don't want to admit that maybe it's not perfect. Um, you know, everyone's driving around in their new Hiluxes pretending everything's okay. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm sure we're not the only ones that have been in that position. So I guess um, just encouraging him to be vulnerable and encouraging him that, well, you know, obviously this, this business that is um, doing coaching and, you know, trying to help trade business owners that we're not the only ones that they've contact or that you know like we're not their only clients potentially you know there's going to be a, a list of people who are who are using their services so there's obviously you know like there's nothing to be ashamed of there's nothing wrong with asking for help and you know if we learn something you're like that'd be great mm, and you know if we don't learn anything or we feel like it's not you know, it's not worth it. Well, then, you know, we change our bank accounts and we never talk to them again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. There's always an exit strategy. Yeah, we had an exit strategy, but it, yeah, he certainly wasn't like, yeah, let's do that. Sure. Um, and I think he maybe, you know, you don't know what you don't know, as you say. Like he, he didn't know what we didn't, or he didn't know what we necessarily needed to work on or um, what small things could make such a huge change to a business mm. all right let's talk about your evolution in that business ash going from helping out nobody can see my air mm -hmm. quotes but i'm doing big air quotes every time i mm. say helping out um, yeah. going from helping out in the business to being the business manager like that's a huge transition both both internally so the way our internal dialogue works the way we think about our role the way we think about our value that's a massive change from just helping out to being the business manager. How did that even happen? Uh, it, well, it was very much stimulated by my interactions with traders in business and the other women that I've met within that group. So I feel like my story is certainly not isolated as far as being, you know, the spouse of a trade business owner um, who helps out, air quotes, uh, and it wasn't until I started actually thinking about well, the tasks that I do and how those tasks are things that Bo would not have the foggiest idea how to do. Um, he hasn't taught me how to do these things. I've I've worked it out. I know how to do it. I've got the systems and processes in place to make sure they get done. I'm making sure they don't the ball doesn't get dropped on them, and that is worthy of a a title. And B, getting paid for it. Hell yeah. Um, you know, I'm 
a bit sad to say that I only started getting paid by Bowen Co Construction about three or four months ago. I don't think you should be sad. I think you should celebrate that you are now being paid. Yeah. By Bowen Co Constructions for the work that you do do. It is valued. It is a very important part of your company. And I think that you're very much responsible for the way the whole company has evolved in a short period of time through mm. your own ability to be vulnerable and lead the way for Bo to be able to then also get comfortable with his vulnerability. Yeah. So you could make some of those changes. I think you guys have had a huge ch- turnaround in a very small period of time. Yeah, and he is um, not that he ever didn't know what I did. He's all, he's always known that my contribution is valuable. But I think since we've been um, going to the tradies and businesses meetings and um, talking openly about our goals and things, he's actually said to me on a number of occasions, uh, you know, this business would be nothing without you. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I really do appreciate everything you do and I now see the volume of what you do and just how I'm, I'm constantly kind of thinking about ways to improve, um, you know, improve the workplace for our employees or, you know, things that projects that we can be aiming for or um, ways that the business can improve. And Bo's doing that too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's we're both kind of coming from different angles with those sorts of ideas and the, and both of us together just make a really great team um he's coming from like the practical chippy side of it and i am coming from the admin um sort of management employee relations i guess side of it and between the two of us um i feel like we've had some really awesome ideas together that have really changed the way that the business is operating i totally 100 percent agree i could sing your praises all day long I'm, um, how do you make it work, Ash? Like, how do you do it all? You've got a lot on your plate. Uh, you're running two businesses, not just one, but two. You've got two very young children. How do you fit it all in? Um, that's a great question. And it wasn't until I started um, thinking about my, like my bio, I guess, for coming on the podcast that I thought, yeah, right, um, that's why I'm so exhausted. <laughs> I need at least another two days in the week. That'd be great. Wouldn't it? Uh, But, yeah, it is a balance. Uh, I work part-time physically with clients uh, in my uh, audiology business and a little bit from home as well. Uh, And I try and squeeze in some work for Bonco when I'm in my clinic uh, in between patients you might find me doing the pays for Bowen Co in between patients or you might find me bringing suppliers or on my lunch break at my audiology clinic so it's sort of struggling I don't have defined hours for uh, both businesses they kind of all gets done together but uh, I try and when I'm at home be really present um, and try and cram as quite much work as I can into my allocated work hours and then be really present when I'm home with the kids because we've got an almost four-year-old and a one-year-old. They're so little still. They still like you and want you and need you at four and almost one, whereas mine as adults Mm. want nothing to do with me except (laughs) if they want me to put fuel in the car or take them to get some takeaway or pick them up from the city in the middle of the night on a Friday or a Saturday night. Other than that, they want nothing to do with you anymore. So it's, it's your time of life is particularly busy and I remember the struggle far too well, unfortunately. Um, mm. Do you get external help? Like do you have cleaners and things come in and help you so that you've got that time? 
Uh, no, don't have a cleaner, although that's something that I would, I'm working towards being okay with having. Yeah. Um, if you came to my house, you would agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's going on the 90-day plan, Ash. We're going to have a cleaner before. I have, um, I call Mount Washmore in my home office. I have one of those too. Ever-growing mountain of clean washing and odd socks. <laughs> uh, but, try, yeah, I try not to try not to sweat that small stuff and um, not put too much pressure on myself to have the perfect display home and, you know, the perfect family and um, and just try and do what I can each day. Um, I have heaps of help from family as far as my mum is quite local to us, so is my sister. So we call on them a lot to help us with the kids, um, pick up and drop off, or if the kids like, well, today, for example, my one-year-old Murphy, he's unwell, can't go to daycare, so my mum's offered to have him so that I can still come to work because um, being self-employed, if we don't go to work, we don't necessarily get paid. So it's really nice to have that family support to help with the kids. No doubt about that at all. Absolutely. Do you get any time for yourself, just for you, Ash, to be Ash? Um, not as much as I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also something that I'd like to work on going forward. Uh, I have hobbies. I love to sew. I love to crochet. I love to bake. Um the, you know, I love to go out with the girls and have a drink. Uh, these are all things that I know I'll get back to. Uh, but it's it's when you're in the middle of two businesses within growth phases and two small kids, it's kind of on the back burner. But it's something I don't want to lose sight of. Fantastic. Um, Putting that on yeah. the day plan too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pulling your yeah. homework out of the podcast episode today. <laughs> yes, yeah, and you will you definitely hold me accountable for that. <laughs> Absolutely, well. Um, okay, Ash, what have been the biggest changes in the business in the last, uh, let's say, six months? What's what's your focus been, and what's really shifted and changed for the two of you? Um, probably number one would be a fundamental change in mindset. Mm. So. Bo no longer sees himself as a carpenter. Mm-hmm. He sees himself as a business owner. Nice. And for me, I see have seen a massive change in the way he talks to other people about his business, whether that is um, suppliers, whether that's his employees, whether that is the supervisors for the builders that we work for. Mm-hmm. He's advocating for us as a business owner. Um, so, you know, that means not doing too many favours that cost us too much money. Oh, yeah. You know? um, not accepting, you know, when someone agrees to pay you something and then they don't want to pay it. You know, in the past you might not have followed that up but you know now he's he's really got that business owner hat on rather than carpenter hat which I'm really proud of him about that and that is really reflective in our balance sheet we're chasing better quality clients um Bo's working on getting his builder's license so that we can have our own private jobs and not do so much work for other builders um these are all things that 12 months ago, if someone had said to me, oh, you guys will be doing this in 12 months, I would have just laughed at you. 
Wow. Um, where, yeah, I think Bo, Bo actually said the other day that he he has never spent so much time away from work whilst still having money coming in. Wow. That's exciting. So there's been a few times where he's said, you know what, I'm going to have a long weekend. Yes. You know, we've started offering the boys to have paid long weekends because they're, we've been super busy, as I know a lot of trade businesses have been, and we're asking a lot of our staff and trying to reward them for their efforts. And, you know, so there's been a few occasions where they've had four four-day work weeks and we're paying them for a day off and yet the bank's never looked better. Um and you know, Bo is able to stay home and have the kids if they're sick, and I it's a it's a day that I need to be in my office. He'll stay home and have the kids. These are all things that would have been so much harder to achieve six months ago mm. because we're living day to day mm. or week to week. Mm. Or as soon as someone was one day late on an on an invoice, we're all going into panic mode because how are we going to pay the wages? Yeah. So it's really re- really removed a lot of stress. Um, and, you know, we're not finished yet. There's still so much to do and we're not perfect and we're still learning. But what the change I've seen in the last three to six months really excites me for what the change might be in the next six to 12 months. It's incredible. And I wonder then, you know, I think typically if I was listening to you before I knew how bigger difference small steps can make in terms of change I'd be sitting here thinking well I don't have time for this this is going to be too hard it'll be too much work sure it's work and it's never easy but was it super hard like you might assume that it would be to make this change no not hard in the way that you might think um I think it's probably good to not look too far ahead yes so um, you know, if six months ago someone had said, oh, you know, in six months' time you'll have all of this done, I would have said, no way, I don't have time to be doing that. But just focusing each week on just ticking something off the list, um, you know, kind of having your priority of what you want to be working on and just each week just tick something small off the list. And it might just be something as simple as drafting a template email for a, for a new customer. Mm. And, you know, these are the types of things we weren't doing before and it, really reflects on on the prof, you know the professional vibe of your business um, to be doing those sorts of things and they're paying off like a simple email um, you know just makes us look so much more professional having an email signature even yes, not yeah. something that we even had and now we're getting comments about you know about you know how professional we look um, from from clients who are inquiring because of their experience which is so much so much different to what it would have been six months ago. Six months ago, it would have been, probably would have answered the phone and said, oh, yeah, I'll call you back and you might not have called them back maybe. <laughs> yep, I'm familiar with the old, oh, oops, I forgot to call them back, I'll do it tomorrow and it's a week later and it's still not done. Yeah, so just, you know, little simple steps, just don't bite off more than you can chew and then you just do something simple each week and then before you know it, it's, you know, it's 20 weeks down the track and you've got 20 simple things done and it's uh, not as overwhelming as what you might think. Absolutely. Small steps create big change. They really do when taken consistently. Yep. What's next, Ash? What's next for you? What's next for Bar & Co? What's next for Northeast Ear Care? Look, I've said that twice now and haven't stuffed it up. I think I need an award. Good for you. It is a bit of a mouthful. It trips everybody up. Yeah. Perhaps I should have thought about that before I settled on the name. Oh, I love it. <laughs> 
well, Northeast Deer Care is expanding. Um, I am just a one-lady band, but I am increasing my services to include auditory processing assessments for school-aged kids. So this is an area that is incredibly under-resourced in our country. Um, so many kids are having trouble in the classroom, and I think COVID has probably amplified some of these concerns. And so I'll be able to offer assessments for these kids who typically can have, they have normal hearing, but the brain isn't able to process sound or make sense of what they're hearing. Um, A lot has to go well in the brain for a child to be able to understand language and to learn how to read. So um, I'll be, I've just moved office to a bigger space, to a more modern space, and I'm looking forward to getting into some of that work next year. And for Bow & Co, well, we're on the hunt for more stuff because we're so busy (laughs) and uh, we're, yeah, we're excited for the next few years. We've got some pretty up there goals that I don't know that, I don't even know if we'll achieve, but we'll try. Um, And, yeah, hopefully we'll be doing more, more of our own private, bigger projects and saying goodbye to relying on volume builders who don't pay very well. Hoorah for that. I'll, I'm with you every step of that way. The quicker we <laughs> get you, the, the better. Ash, um, it's been fantastic. Thank you. I really appreciate you being so vulnerable and open to sharing today. It helps so many others out there in business understand there's an opportunity for you to move past where you're at right now, no matter what that looks like for you. We all have different um ideas of what success is for us in our own businesses and our own lives and you've done a great job today sharing where you guys have come from and how much has changed with little steps you know in the last six months or so so thank you very very much for being here today thank you for having me it was a pleasure anytime um team you can find all of ash's details and her contact details for bone co-instruction construction and northeast ear care in the show notes um and you can also reach out to us via social media all the handles will be in the show notes there for you today thank you for listening thanks for listening to another episode of ladies in business got a guest you'd like us to interview maybe you have a story to share or some feedback to give find us on socials or drop us a message via the tradies in business website take care of yourself ladies